0: Podcast. You just heard PNM for myself by Hold My Own of the newly released In My Way six song 12 inch LP out now on daystyle.com. LP C D merch available now. Cassettes available through Chicagoland Hardcore. Chicagoland Hardcore is the new record label started up by my brother on from Hold My Own, Shattered Realm, MH Chaos, Sector, and about seventy-eight other bands from Chicago. So check it out. I am. Um, this week is going to be wild. This entire week is going to be fucking wild. Um. With Halloween, with all this the shit about to go on, and the guest tonight, Bob Wilson is the centerpiece of what next weekend's going to be. So, quickly, we just want to talk about it, get through the you know, the bullshit and just get right to it. Bob Wilson got two two shows in a row with Blacklisted and Unbroken. Friday night sold out, Saturday sold out. And Blacklisted and Unbroken with I mean, dude, they got a slew of guests and all this other shit. It's incredible what he pulled off. Couldn't be more fucking proud of him. Uh, and The first show was Blacklisted Unbroken Damnation Entry Crashing Forward. And uh, then the second one was Unbroken Blacklisted with Indecision, Magnitude, and Scarab. That's the matinee show. Both sold out. And if you still got some energy, some gas in the tank, Spiritual Cramp Entry, Disjoin. That's at Bonks. They're going to start drawing up at 11. So, you got time. Lots to do. Lots to see. Just that Friday and Saturday. But with, uh, in the um, in the vein of the Scream movies, wait, there's more. We got Harm's Way coming through the First Unitarian Church that Sunday. So, we're talking about one, two, three church shows in a row. Harm's Way. Fleshwater. Ingrown, Jive Bomb, The Virgos, First Unitarian Church, 6 p.m. Doors. And also, at a new venue that we had just recently linked up with, Broken Gauntlet, and right on Ben Salem. We got Dark Buster, Noise, Vulture Raid, and Hard Turf. Jeremy from Jumpstart Records put his entire ass into this Broken Goblet brewery. He still does the printing, he has so much cool shit going on, and he is now going to be allowing Philly hardcore shows to come in, do our thing, drop some more shows. If you don't know where it is, just go straight up 95 or, you know, whatever, right to Ben Salem. Great venue, awesome sound, like literally, actual awesome sound. Uh, The improvements are going to keep coming through the next couple months, and we're happy to finally have shows there. It's going to be a busy time. Got a lot going on. I mean, that's five shows in three days and the following weekend. Pain of Truth on that entire tour, ripping through the country. Well, we also got them at the Phoenixville VFW with, um, oh, the Polish Club, rather. (laughs) I don't want to say VFW is getting late. Pain of Truth, Life's Question, Coyo, Vomit Fourth. Adrian, Balmara, Nomad, Saturday, November 4th at the Polish Club, Phoenixville. All at War was great there. More shows are going to be coming through there. Make sure to jump out, support. We also have, which is actually creeping up, Dying Wish coming through the Underground Arts November 10th, which is like six days after that. We've got Angel Dust in December and a slew of other things coming. It's going to be a busy fall and crazier winter. And it's important that all of you understand that none of this stuff could happen if people didn't come out and support. Greg had an amazing double-decker show. He did a show in the daytime, show in the nighttime. And um, none of this shit is successful on putting out a flyer. None of this shit is successful in us just doing the show. What makes these things successful is the support. The support of the kids, the support of the people, the support of the bands trusting DIY promoters to do the same kind of high quality that you may find at a venue. And it's this kind of stuff that keeps the whole thing going. So if you're one of these people that are saying, like, you guys do great shows and you come to them, you're a part of the reason why everything's great. Uh, big shout out to 185 Miles South. Uh, Richie hasn't done his podcast in a while, so I can't shout out... Um, and, uh, I'm now officially upset that G and M have not done another Broad Street. But, 185 miles South, pure, fucking, hardcore discourse. Love them. Love their takes. Even love the back and forth sometimes. What a great, fucking, um, podcast. Um, quietly I'll just say that there is a lot of things going on in the world. And, um. Not to toot my own horn or anything like that, but one of the last things I said when I was on the state of Detroit was that in real life, without Twitter, hardcore people tend to get along and enjoy themselves pretty damn well in a group. And I, and I mean this for society as large at large as well. Without the internet, without the social media, without the distractions, without the tripwire leading to the TNT explosion, bombs, and the arguments... Regular society is pretty fucking decent, for the most part. There's good apples and bad, and we have to remember this. The world is imperfect. People are far from perfect. Um, There is a lot of bad going on in the world. There's a lot of sides being taken, a lot of fights, and there are some gray areas, and then there's some black and whites, and all I can tell you is, is life is very short. Don't lose friends over disagreements. Don't pick a side because of one thing and lock yourself down to have to swallow the whole package. You know, that's the best I can say. And um, with that, we're going to talk to one of the closest people in my life, Bob Wilson, with the two shows coming up and FYA and just wanting to have some cool conversation and then... Turn into some laughs and talk about some hardcore shit. Uh, we brought him back. And I really do appreciate everything he's ever done and everything he's done for me and everything he's done for our scene. I say it all the time that it, it's not us, it's the people before us. We got lucky. You know, uh, Mike Score and I got interviewed for by some local kid last Friday at the Phoenixville Polish Club. And he said, what made Philadelphia special, and why do we keep doing this? And it's like, look, there's people like Chuck Meehan and Jackal from Why Die, and the FOD people, later the Pagan Babies, and all these people that came through Philadelphia Hardcore. You know, Nancy Burillo, we had a great conversation with her about the Buff Hall show and the, the BYO shows. And this stuff wasn't just us showing up one day and creating this. We're walking in the footsteps of giants here. Cabbage Collective found the First Unitarian Church. R5, Sean Agnew, Robbie Red Cheeks. all these people would come in and promote there. But ultimately, what we're doing now is just continuing a legacy brought forth by us by so many people in the last 40-something years. We take pride in Philadelphia Hardcore. We also take pride in the fact that there's tons of kids in the surrounding small cities and suburbs, which is why we do shows when Bob and I talk about it. Bob is the suburb king. We do this shit because we fucking love it. And before we get into it, you realize I didn't even talk about Keystone Jam. Keystone Jam is Saturday, December 16th at Club Reverb in Reading, Pennsylvania. Uh, once again, we're doing it. We got a ton of tattooers, so you can get shit-tatted. You can go get some fucking some food. You can hang out with your friends. Not everybody in Hardcore has a cool life and a good family and a place to eat and a place to see their friends. So this is our family get-together, if you don't want to call it family. This is a holiday get-together. Not everybody has a perfect life. Not everybody has people that surround them in the, during the holiday season. Not everybody can cope with what people have going on in their heads during these kind of seasons. So to bring everybody together was important to us, especially after the loss of Steven Pitachio. Kid was moshing in a Santa suit in 2019. COVID came. He took his life. And since we returned to it, I really want to go back and say the same thing I say all the time is life's a blessing. And hardcore kids, people who are not exactly perfectly fit for these round holes, Maybe we're square square blocks And there's nothing but round holes But at something like Keystone Jam Right before the holidays You can get together with people like yourself And enjoy yourself And just remember that these holidays are just one day I love Halloween um, But yeah As the internet And the projections come Remember that Everything you see in front of you isn't real It's projection It's optics It's what people want to show the world Hey, this is who I am. This is what I have. This is what I'm capable of. But deep down inside, we all have holes in ourselves. So when you see this shit and you compare yourself to it, remember this: the upcoming holiday season that it's all projection. It's a light show. It's smoke and mirrors. The people around you, the music that you are involved with. If you're listening to this podcast, there's no way you're not a hardcore person. So I can say this, with he is, is that for the most of us, not everything in life is easy. This music, the scene, the people, the bands. The feelings we get being around like-minded people really is a staple of our lives. And I'm happy to be able to do stuff with the Club Reverb, Chris Mahmood, Richie Crutch. I hope you guys all come out. And again, let's have a good conversation with Bob Wilson. We'll have some laughs. And let's fucking go. Yeah, everybody... This is a guy who we've mentioned. I don't know if there's a week goes by. I don't mention his name. The multi, multi-podcast multi guest. I can't even cite them because he, he's either referenced or been a part of them. So we're just going to drop it. This is Robert Taylor Wilson IV, better known as Bob Wilson, the curator, the king of FYA and Philly hardcore savior. There you go, buddy.
1: I appreciate that intro. I don't think it's necessary, but thank you.
0: Listen, we got to we gotta start you off on a high note, you know? <laughs> well, this is the things that come with growth, right? The bigger you get, the longer you do things, the better you get with all of this shit if you actually give a fuck. One thing to be certain is that you give a fuck about this. And I believe that by the time this episode airs, we are on the eve of one of the biggest shows for you personally and mentally that you've ever put on. So let's uh, let's uh walk us through not only the the hows or whys, but how it feels to be bringing Blacklisted and Unbroken two days in a row to the church.
1: It's pretty fucking crazy. Um, definitely. The craziest show i've ever done i think like a one-off like it was like your benefit show the first world war four show and a couple other ones but this one is like yeah i don't know how's the, the way it came together is just pretty just ridiculous and uh yeah i don't know i've been it's been i feel like we announced it a fucking year ago at this point so i just been like waiting and then uh yeah i don't know i feel it's pretty fucking insane honestly
0: when you when you think of this stuff That we always talk about Like these epic shows That you think about coming up You're now creating A scenario where now you've just built Another story For another group of kids I mean we got people flying from All over the actual earth With an F To see this blacklisted unbroken shit it, it, Do you Do you personally Feel that kind of excitement, or are you just kind of like, fuck, I gotta wait till this bullshit happens?
1: Nah, I mean, when when everything actually came together, it's funny, I actually you end up I think me and Kev Hare met up at like a Wawa and just hung out in the parking lot for a few hours just talking about like, dude, how the fuck is this actually happening? Um see, so I'm just I mean, I'm like a fanboy, you know what I mean, like straight up super fan of of the, both those bands. I don't care if it's corny or not, like, it's just, you know, bands that I, you know, when, like I, like when I posted, it's like stuff, you know, unbroken when I was a teenager and then blacklisted in my twenties were like straight up like monumental. So to be able to like put them on the same show and, uh, and be able to like be the one doing them just, I don't know. It's, it's pretty, yeah, like I guess I'm very excited.
0: What's super crazy is for the people who don't know this. There was a window where Rob was talking about doing it at this hardcore, and it kept being like, well, we're going to get blacklisted. I kept being like, well, you're not getting blacklisted. (laughs) And then it didn't work out. And then somehow this fucking George decides, hey, I want to do blacklisted again because of the unbroken thing. And I love the idea that it's at the church. I think it really will be a standout memory for this generation of hardcore kids. And for those of people who don't realize it yet, like every couple years, there's a whole new group of kids that come to Philly and come to the church and there's good shows, but every once in a blue moon is a show that if you're around at the time or you're a part of the thing, you're going to now like landmark this moment, like, Oh, the blacklist of unbroken shows. And that's what you're doing right now. This is a fucking landmark show, brother.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, I feel like the way I felt when, you know, the Floor Punch show was teased originally, like, the first reunion in 2007. Um, like, the Ink and Dagger thing that you did, the fucking... You know what I mean? Like, countless fucking shows that you've done. I mean, look behind you. Like, look at all the fucking... Like, all the, this is hardcore. It's all, like, the, the one-offs that you did. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's, like... There's definitely younger kids. I mean, dude, at this point, Blacklisted has not played Philly since 2014. So, like... There's entire generations of hardcore kids that have come and gone and not be able to see them. And obviously Unbrokens never played Philly, um, and they haven't played the East Coast in general in like 13 years at this point. So yeah, I just think there's a lot of kids who you know, just really wanted to see these bands that are going to be able to see them for the first time and hopefully it's as impactful on them as those bands were on me.
0: All right, that's the important thing about this too. I think I think this stuff kind of gets lost. In the world of like the internet And all the different zeitgeist Goofy shit is that There's people like you Who can Pull something out of your ass and it does Get people actually excited and there's no Negativity to it It isn't like a four days um, Battle of the ferries On twitter like we're dealing with right now Like it's all positive vibes And that's the kind of stuff that I don't know for me I used to think that that was a lot of the what made doing big shows awesome was the excitement you give to other people but i feel like now some of the promoters and all the different areas they don't make it about the kids who are going to the show they make it about themselves and they mm-hmm. early self congratulate like i'm really proud of myself for pulling this <laughs> one off and you're like bro you email the booking agent and said hey i'll give you this money like it's like it's a lot harder than <laughs> it's a lot harder to get two psychos like both Rob and George that both want to play the show.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know me. I, I hate a, a self-pat-in-the-back-ass motherfucker, so I don't, I don't do things. So people are like, oh, you're the man. You're so cool for doing that. It's just like, no, nah, I really give a fuck about these bands. I think younger kids should give a fuck about these bands. So the fact they're both playing, you know what I mean, is just a, a really good combo. Well,
0: this is, this is, and I've said it to you and I've said it to everybody else. It's like, this is where the the high the high water mark is in philadelphia as far as shows go the pedigree of shows is good but it's show building it's getting crazy bands and adding support knowing how to drop the lineup right all those things i feel like kind of get lost in the rush to announce or the the subtle we have something to announce but we're not going to tell you and then they build it up and it's nothing yeah there's an art form kind of performed here and and this was one of those like almost like a coup de gras moments like you know early summertime you drop the fucking nuclear bomb on hardcore
1: yeah that's what you know everybody loves making the announcement for the announcement kind of thing and you know it ends up just being like a package tour or whatever the fuck so i was trying not to uh tip tip my hand too much You, you know there's a few people that are kind of filtered through and kind of found out, but, and then, you know, Rob had come up with the idea to post the the razor thing on there on like Instagram or whatever. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm down with that. And then I didn't think people would, I didn't think enough people would put two and two together. I was like, I think, I mean, those who know, will know, but in general, I don't, I don't really know. But then as soon as I was posted, people were like, dude, what the fuck? And then obviously not a soul figured that Blacklist would be coming back. So I was being able to just drop that out of nowhere it was just pretty hilarious.
0: It's that one-two punch. The one sets it up. The two is the knockout. It's fucking yep. awesome. Uh, you've been a, you've been on a little streak these days. Uh, Here, tell there's uh, some Florida thing going on. too. <laughs> like you announced that, and like seven weeks later, you drop the next Fya, and people also lost their fucking minds. Yeah,
1: that's. I mean, all that shit basically got announced like around the same time. So it was like just the way it worked out with the timing with everything and all that, like I think it was was it August or something? I can't remember. I think it was like the week after this is hardcore and then a couple weeks after this is hardcore. And yeah, so the timing for that, I was like, oh, I think uh August could be a pretty good month, so turned out all right.
0: This FYA of yours really just continues to not only grow in the in the way that now. Early on, it was the young kids. Now you have people have been a couple times because of the older bands. You have people that now are like making this once again like a destination thing. Like, well, of course, I'm going to go back to Fya. You know, like you really set this up to be, as I've said in every single time we talk about Fya on the show. This is the first thing we do all year. It's fucking awesome. You've managed to maintain this pedigree, and and I know you and I talk about this and talk shop about this kind of shit sometimes fests get lazy sometimes they feel like they need to break out and do something different your formula is the same but not in the same way like oh not this again but you, you've kept the things that work work you haven't tried to break out of the mold and once again you've got a sold out fest on your hands to start the year off
1: i mean yeah i mean i don't have aspirations like feel like people just want to build their their thing to a certain point and then like kind of wash their hands a bit and just kind of walk away or whatever. <laughs> I just do it because I don't know if I like hardcore, you know what I mean? <laughs> I like, I like the bands that I book. I want to like see what I can get, like bands I've been, you know, punishing for fucking ever that haven't worked out yet, trying to get them to finally do it. Um, I just, yeah, like I, I like the room. I think the room is perfect. I like the vibe. I like the area, I like the people that work there. Say, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not ever, if I can help it, I would like to just literally just stay there for as long as I keep doing it. But uh, yeah, I just should be a good time. I mean, it's a, if you're in the Northeast in the winter, it fucking sucks ass. So I feel like so many people go down just as an excuse to spend hours. You know what I mean? So
0: am I wrong in thinking early on before things got really bougie for FYA that bands like one band a month or one band of fest wouldn't be able to make it down because of winter or travel or something?
1: Dude, it was every, fu- that's like, you know, even like this year, like there's bands and have room for, I was like, yo, like, I feel like every year people drop off. So like if something opens up, whatever, but I feel like I've said that for like the last like three years and then no like, I guess, I don't know. People actually really, really want to make it work now to come out because it's like worth it for them or whatever. But yeah, we haven't had the the dropping out or anything like that.
0: So yeah, the, what was it COVID? Was it dream COVID?
1: Yeah. Them, uh, Ingrown, Gulch. Uh, fuck. There's like seven or eight bands that year, and I was just like, and obviously the main one that I was like, every fucking night I'd be like, tonight, tonight I'm gonna go to sleep, I'm gonna wake up to fucking Vitalo being like, hey, bad news, uh, Turnstile's dropping, but luckily they held, they held strong, and you know, but uh, yeah, that's that was like the most egregious one for obvious reasons, but it hasn't really been that bad besides it.
0: You were gonna be in the history books as the last person that really booked a true turnstile hardcore show.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like between albums, I'll probably do like a, a smallish venue thing if I had to guess, but like, as of now, yeah, I mean, it is kind of crazy. That was like the last even like close to small thing that they fucking played. So it's just, it's kind of funny to think about.
0: I mean, the band themselves stayed true to what hardcore was as far as like they were had no shame doing it. But like, if you did that again, if you did that again today, what would happen would be, no one in hardcore would be able to go to the entire fest. It'd just be turnstile fans
1: for two days,
0: for two days waiting for turnstile. Someone bought a ticket for Friday. Like, are they playing? Then I know they're playing tomorrow. Like, (laughs) I think that a band gets that big, and it's good for the band, and it might be good in some residual way. But this is more of like an accolade to you. Where other people would have said, ah, you know that band's growing. I don't even think like you having that knack and ability to say, hey, you know what? Let me shoot my shot, and it paid off big time. That's a that's a show that people are going to remember because the record hadn't come out before you booked them or announced them. It came out, it got huge. So the ticket buyers who bought them, you know, they were they still got the the turnstile that they came for, Mm -hmm. and there was that. Element of the new music that they had
1: Yeah I mean I feel like it was definitely a turning point of the fest In general because Obviously like Straight up like started from the bottom You know what I mean just like scratching and clawing to get Yeah I remember when we sold like 65 tickets The first day we went upstairs. I was fucking like ecstatic I was like whew alright We're actually like making some progress here And then got to a certain point I feel like We're kind of close to selling out And you just couldn't, couldn't crack the ceiling And then with that year, you know, people actually bought tickets and, like, it sold out. And then since then, I feel like it's become more of, like, uh, like, oh, damn, he wasn't fucking around when he said that you, like, you need to get tickets, like, ASAP, as opposed to just, like, waiting until, like, the very last second or whatever. So, but definitely, like I said, like, a turning point of the fest.
0: I, I am not a fan of the soft shit that you put on the fest. <laughs> I say that so people know that I'm going to keep this shit 100. <laughs> However there are people who book these large groups of shows and stuff, and they just randomly pick from whatever, like the scrapyard of who's who to get on this bill. And I got to say that even when you've had the softer bands, they mesh well with what you've done. And I think it's because you unfortunately actually enjoy those, all those bands and know the ones that are coming up, you know, the bands well enough to know like, Hey, they're about to do a record. You have this awesome interest that is almost an addiction or a dedication well beyond what most people have to know the you're like, like what are they um what was that thing uh, remember the guy they're like um like the gambling the the guys who knew all the inside scoop about the gambling whose wife was pregnant and all this stuff like um, yeah. you know, all the i forget the word for it but it's like something something that sounds shady that's kind of like you know this inside information and you're like all right Pat Flynn has this going on this is a perfect time to grab them and it always (laughs) balances out and I have to wonder if once you were able to get the attention of some of the bands that weren't the heaviest bands out there the fastest how you managed to maintain that kind of relationship knowing that for the first half of most of those shows it's just straight chaos and then you get into this very relaxed cheerful mindset with some of these other bands you bring home
1: Um, I feel like a band like, excuse me, Koyo is a good example of that. Like they put that first thing out and I fucking listened to it all the time and I thought it was awesome. And I was like, obviously the energy with this band, I feel like translates to like hardcore shows. Like, obviously they want to be in, uh, like, you know, the bigger world with like, you know, the, the kind of popular shit too, but like, you know, hardcore kids like it and all the, all the people in the band are hardcore kids. So they fucking get it. And they're like psyched on playing with hardcore bands and playing hardcore shows and shit. So, yeah, I was like, I think the first band I confirmed right when that came out, I think it, I confirmed in like March of that year or some bullshit. And then it's like, OK, give given I don't want to just book the same band like that every year. So I'll try some different shit out. It's like, oh, well, now you got a new record. You haven't played in a couple of years. You've grown like exponentially. So, yeah, if you guys would be down, you know, let's do it again. And obviously they're like psyched on doing it. So there's definitely like lines to it where. Like, I'll only go to a certain point. Like, I have to objectively actually like the band, like, to fucking book them. I'm not going to just put things on just because they're popular or they're at the flavor of the week or whatever. Like, I genuinely am like a fan of like all the bands I like put on it. So I just kind of look at it like if I was an 18 to 23 year old, like, kid, like, what would I want to see at a show? I don't want to see 20 bands that sound like fucking bulldoze. I don't want to see 20 bands that sound like this, that, and the other. Like, you know, I feel, I feel like having variety is like good for specifically like how it's not like when I was a kid, when it's like either like floor punch or earth crisis, or you got clowned on for like an E town or whatever, like kids, like, you know, all kinds of shit now. So I just want to like not cater to them, obviously, but give, put something for everybody, you know,
0: dude, that E town set legendary FYA legendary FYA set.
1: Yeah. That show is fucking awesome.
0: Plus, People kind of got to see like E Town's not hiding somewhere. They're just like walking around. No one no one actually knows what the dudes from E Town look like. So they just <laughs> they get they're amongst the crowd. And they, I remember all them dudes just super psyched on the whole thing. Done some really big bands, man. And, and not just the big bands, but you had very big moments. I think I am really biased because every time I've seen Mind Force play that thing, it's like a it's a fucking highlight reel. Like, it's insane, man.
1: I mean, yeah, they the first year they played, I think, was the year I did Cuban Club. And, like, they had just been starting out, kind of. And I remember that was, like, kind of people came away and was like, dude, what the fuck just happened? And then that's the same thing. It's like, obviously, I hate doing repeats. Like, I want to keep it fresh and not just do the same thing. But, like, they don't have a new record or anything like that. But I was just like, dude, like, specifically after last year, I would feel like it would be disrespectful of me almost to, like, not bring them back like after they like that was when when Jay kept on yelling like further further push it back further and I was sitting I was like no no <laughs> no you're as far as you can go For the love of god stop moving back but part of that shit like the fucking Red Sea and like it was straight up one of the craziest things I've ever like that set in general and that specific part when the crowd literally split in half was like like literally like my fucking jaw dropped I was like dude what the fuck am I watching right now like this is like too crazy
0: uh, they're they're one of those there's one of those bands that when placed in the proper position, they just can just fucking they really do shine. but what what I was getting to is is this is a band that you found from bandcamp obviously, uh they were in previous bands for fucking so many years, but you're one of these guys that I don't I think you just sit there all day and just search straight edge on bandcamp and <laughs> hardcore on bandcamp and 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 any combination of terms because you're like a year and a half ahead of what will eventually become popular. And you heard me say this a million times your face and end on the end on the show.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I am like have a constant thirst for trying to find some new shit. Like, cause like, you know, I like what I like, but I'm like, dude, there's always like new shit coming out. So I want to make sure that like, I'm not missing anything and I want to bring stuff to Philly that like hasn't been brought here yet, whatever. But I also keep, it like, the people I talk to pretty much on a daily basis, I feel like it's, like, a way of, like, keeping each other involved. Like, yo, did you hear this shit? Nah, but did you hear this? Like, just constantly, you know, I'm going to talk about hardcore 25 hours a day, but, like, I have enough friends that are deeply involved. You know what I mean? Like, the Carters, the Lennons, like, Kev Hare, like, all, you know, Scanlins of the world, everybody. Excuse me, that, yeah, I just, I feel like we all just... Are still psyched on everything. So we just kind of fill in the blanks if people are missing out on something.
0: No, I think um, this translates well into the modern terms because a lot of this stuff hits Bandcamp first. Mm. You know, eventually it gets to Spotify. You may not even see some of the tweets of some of these bands. So you're getting at the ground level of some of the stuff that'll eventually be. I remember you, you put me on the Mind Force and I was like, same dudes from Living Laser? What the fuck? Like, <laughs> You know, and it makes sense, but it's crazy in this, in the same, to see the same group of guys just put a different spin and the band just fucking, it grew over time. It wasn't overnight, but man, where where they're at now is fucking fantastic. And you have a huge hand in why they just continue to grow. And that's the same way for so many of the bands in the legacy of FYA is that it's your special touch. It's that environment that you create that push these bands. And then because so many people travel inward and experience that firsthand, they walk away going, yo, that band was crazy. And you're like seeding what the next four mini and all these different places are going to put on their show.
1: Mm. Yeah. Which is like, if that's my role in, in the scheme of things, I'm totally fine with that. You know what I mean? Like just cause specifically, like I feel like there's bands that, you know, might not have the shine yet and people might not be like gassing them up yet. So if I can put them in front of people and they can make connections with other bands, tour with them, do a weekend with them, become friends, you know what I mean? And like, just builds on each other. And that's like, you know, a lot of a hard risk to me, you know what I mean? So if I can help facilitate that, if, you know, when other people, like there's not really a central place to do that besides that, like, I'm, you know, I'm totally fine with that.
0: You just said something that made me think about this in the sense of, the way hardcore moves today is in two ways. There's either this organic growth that comes from people checking out music, you know, maybe just sharing it with their friends. And then you have the PR world and FYA, and most of the stuff that you do. I mean, you have a record label. I've never seen anyone talk about the rebirth records like they talk about other record labels because you're not paying for the PR. And yet you've managed to do a lot of really cool shit with some of these bands already you manage through your own network and your own underground, not only just your own underground experience, but just the people connected to you that you really don't need that PR that so many of these other people depend upon.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's obviously, you know, the hardcore Illuminati that pushes each other up and fucking puts their, you know, who they want in front of people and, you know, the, the four year consideration world basically. And then it's like, I mean, a band like Scarab. The only, the only exposure they really had was somebody hitting me up from I can't remember what site it was at this point. But like, hey, I really like Scarab. Can I write about them and the thing? I'm like, yeah, I don't. Obviously, I'm I'm not going to pursue that. I'm not going to give you money to write about my bands. But like, that's cool with me. Obviously, I'm not against it if it if it's natural. But like, I'm not going to seek that out. Um, and that just shows like if your band is good enough, it doesn't. You don't need all the extra bullshit. So yeah, I mean. I, I would just rather things happen the way they happen and I'll, I'll push bands the way I think I can still I, I look myself in the mirror is a strong way to put that, but like, you know, like reason with myself that what I'm doing is, is enough for the bands and you know what I mean? So, and helping out the way that I think bands should be helped out.
0: Well, again, you're taking bands from the ground up. So the bands should just be happy that they have anybody even like, Hey, let me give you a nudge. Yeah. The other half of it is I I do think the look in the mirror is a good little a good little saying because you have to walk with your head high, which is another awesome saying in front of all these people if you make a dumb decision or if you're now gonna kowtow and pay someone like $175 a month to write about the scarab record. Yeah. Just to hope that someone is gonna come along and be like, Hey, I read about that scarab band. It's like, well, yeah, you know, organically that band just grew by name and by by word fame of who the band members were. And they're not even a real band. Let's just be real. They're like a fucking justice team. It <laughs> was like something out of a comic book, like some people from here and some people from here, and it's all bad motherfuckers in this. And I don't think they've had a bad set yet, have they?
1: No, I mean, the, the one over the weekend in Jersey was probably the best one yet. So they just keep growing and growing. And it's like, obviously, the shit that you do, like this is hardcore from the ground up is for the size of what the fest is, the fact that it's as D like DIY still is fucking crazy. DIY still like people don't understand, like the shit that you do, like the things that I do, like there's obviously some things that you just kind of have to like, okay, well, I guess I'll just like do this. But like in like a broad sense, like we both like live and breathe DIY shit. You know what I mean? We're not like giving shows to people in Philly that are fucking live nation or whatever, because you know what I mean? Like, so Yeah, just like in general, I just, I feel like there's a a way to keep things as as hardcore and DIY as possible, so I want to keep doing that as much as I can.
0: Well, I should say that you are also someone who has never abstained, like, fuck these guys, they played this bigger venue, I hate them. You work with the bands regardless of where they play, and I know you have a lot of friends whose bands have been elevated, but for you and I, I think in general, we know where the where the you know, where the buck stops, you know, where the person that you're working with, they're happy that you have something coming to their room. And, or maybe they think the band's gonna blow up. So they're hoping to build history, but none of that shit really matters. It's always our friends, it's the bands we like, it's the it's the natural choice to do. And I think what happens to local promoters is in other places is they got kind of hooked into the idea of like, well, I did so good here, you know, like I, I could make a whole career of this. And I'm like, I don't know what a career is besides a lot of fucking emails and meetings and bullshit and then telling people that you have meetings and bullshit. And then it, it, it seems so circular and so taxing that it's not even worth being involved in when you really just need a couple good people around you. They can kind of keep it balanced and help you out and do the dirty work or just help you in any way they can. And you can have a very successful thing, you know, without the stress and the headache and the involvement of anyone else.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Uh, it's you've been doing this a long time now, too, and that's something other people have to understand. Is, is you were building this shit up from the burbs since you were a kid, you know, like, and you managed to somehow somehow cycle these evil bird bands into modern popularity here and you you still manage to go out and take shows all the way out to the suburbs like it's not like you've moved on from your roots you, you managed to continue to keep that shit very tight to you you know the bands that you came up loving the people you came up loving it, it's it's all still real to you and i know that you know because we talk about it often there's tons of people that's like oh yeah like they're, they're stepping stones or the people that, oh, that's from my past. I've moved on from that, you know? Yeah. And I could I could declare that that's never been how you act anyway.
1: Yeah, I mean, like I do I, I don't do a ton of the birds anymore, but I did two shows like last month, and it's like there's so many people there that just won't come to the city, like their parents, you know, they're young enough where their parents won't let them go to the city, whatever. And it's like, dude, if if I could like go to Doylestown and do like a fucking big brother program and be like, hey, you're like a teenager, you should book shows, you should be into this, like, I would love nothing more than for Doyle Sound to just, like, have a scene again, and, like, people actually give a shit, but, you know, since that's, like, probably just, this never gonna happen at this point, it's like, all right. well, I'll bring it to you, You, if there's some people that figure this out, that's awesome, if not, like, whatever, but, you know, obviously, like, I grew up going to shows in the city, but I also was fucking, you know, and going to burb shows, like, every weekend when I was, like, 13, you know what I mean, so, I always want to at least try to like build literally anything there if I can.
0: What was the name of the Phil Leone church where he was doing shows for a long time?
1: There was the St. James Lutheran Church in Shalphant.
0: Yep, Shalphant. Yep. Okay.
1: The second or third Cold World show was like Us, Them, Murder Weapon, and One Up or something. There's like, there's a bunch of good shows there. Yeah, he was, he did uh, a lot of shit.
0: I was going to say, whatever happened in that place? No dice.
1: I passed by Obviously, as you know, I just do my, Insane move. I'm like, oh well, the Doylestown Burger King is the best Burger King, so I'll drive out there today. And I'll pass, I'll pass that church, and it's, it's like, uh, I guess it's been for sale for X amount of years or whatever, and it's just fucking sitting there, and it pisses me off every single time. I'm like, God damn it, man!
0: <laughs> I don't want two people fucking up our, our our groove here, but I'm gonna put it out there that the best McDonald's is on Flower Town in Flower Town off Paper Mill Road, <laughs> and the best Wendy's. Is right near the three hundred nine two seventy six thing in that Dresher, PA. Uh, you know where? If you know where Dresher is, <laughs> if you can find Dresher, you may have yourself the hottest fucking nuggets out there, brother. That's what these people don't know, Bob. Because you know, you get in the city, you let these city workers just fuck up the fast food. You knew that you were you were onto it before I was, and I moved out. I live on the edge of the city, so. I started going, let's see where Bob goes. Now I know why there's specific ones that just hit better.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, when I lived in fucking Roxboro, I was like, yo, you got to, when he's around us, his ass, you got to drive a little bit up near Plymouth meeting and you're fucking good to go. So, yeah,
0: dude, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I eat in Philadelphia anymore. <laughs> we literally was like, oh, I got to go get something. We ended up at the Plymouth meeting mall at dicks. And I'm like, how did this become my life? <laughs> Actually, Another another hot tip for you, Philadelphia and PA people, that fucking Starbucks right there by the Plymouth Meatball—that always hits.
1: Oh of the, uh, the standalone one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And see, <laughs> that's what that's what you get by going out to these burbs places—is these random things. Um, <laughs> now, more seriously though, that's that I think that that's something that does get lost. I had a couple of people say something to me like that, like Are "You guys gonna do more shows here?" and I'm like, "Yeah, why?" <laughs> Like, like, it's not like, oh, this is it. I'm done. I'm never going to do one. But <laughs> I I wonder how I wonder how how someone like, it, it would be a hard thing to not just I mean, there's lots of shows at Bonks that fit Bonks, but like sometimes some of these halls, you need X amount of people to come. And I'm not sure there's X amount of people always with some of the shows. But the one thing is true, like we did the polish club. And I was like, Oh, you should do more of these things. And I was like, Well, yeah, brother, we'd love to. Hey, come <laughs> November 4th for pain of truth. That's the only thing I can tell you. Yep. You know, but there is a group of humans that at any given time throughout my time and your time, they're like, I ain't going to the city. Hope it comes to the burbs one day.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's the, the most recent show, uh, the the CDC 20 year show. I was just like, I don't there's people there. I'm like you know shows exist like i'm glad you're here obviously but shows exist like just you know 20 minutes down the road i promise you it's just as good but people are just only like their own comfort zone and they get in their own heads i guess or i don't fucking know it's just fucking weird the amount of people that pulled me aside like hey man i'm just we had our thing in the past but i'm glad that you know you're still doing this like it's awesome to see and i'm like i I quickly exited the building because i'm like i Cannot hate those conversations anymore. Like I They
0: just, probably smell like cigarettes. Or
1: oh, yeah, literally. I'm like, I know we had a weird thing in the past. Like, dude, I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about, but sure, if this makes you feel better, you can go home and look your kids in the eye and tell them you apologize to the kid from 2001. You go right ahead. Like, I don't give a shit.
0: Well, my shit is like, it's crazy you're still doing this. Yeah. Like, well, like what was I going to do? <laughs> I
1: mean, that's like blowing up, kind of going on a tangent. It was just like, 23-year-olds were, like, ancient to me. You know what I mean? Like, if there was a 37-year-old man at a show, I'd be like, what the fuck is this ass doing here? You know what I mean? Like,
0: <laughs> <You're> <laughs> no, lying, like,
1: like, same, like as I did in, like, fall 99 or whatever the fuck, like, I'm just like, yeah, dude, I don't understand why these people, like, the, the the shelf life for hardcore people back then were so short, I feel like, and I started going into it. Now, like, you look around, like, you know, everybody's, like, older, but, like, I don't see anybody, like, slowing down, really. So I don't know what changed. I'm glad it's not like that anymore. So the, the fucking, the 23 year old with like one tattoo is the scariest person in the room or something like that. But it is just like weird to see.
0: Yo, remember when the forearm was the hardest tattoo? Someone could, <laughs> they'd be like, just like, yo, know, look at this mother. Look at this. I got my forearm tattoo. So I know. <laughs> but like, if you got a good forearm tattoo? People are like, yo, watch that dude. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, I stress to say that this is like, like inside baseball shit where it's like people who don't know, don't really get what PA and all the towns in between Philly. And then, you know, either you go the, the the route of Reading or Allentown, there's just like this Bermuda triangle of just a crazy hardcore scene that comes from all these different towns and just sometimes they don't like, oh, that hall's done. What? Guess I'm just going to listen to these records till something else happens I'm not going to go get into new shit I'm not going to travel yep. And it, it it does make some burb shows cool and weird And I, I I don't know how many other Areas have stuff like that But I'm happy that we do have that And and also it, did, it gives you A little bit more Of a better scope of Instead of like You know Um uh, in the late 90s, there were so many shows in Philly. It was like, oh, well, everyone's just going to come to Philly. And you had a mindset when you were starting to do shows where like, nah, I want to take this one out to the burbs. You know, you had the what was it called? The boiling over. What was the name of the church? It had yeah, a different Boil-
1: Quakertown Church, which was Boiled Over Church.
0: Yeah, Boiled Over Church. Like you guys were like, oh, well, guess what? We also like Quaker Town, So fuck you, Philly. You got to drive <laughs> out here. We got our asses smoked and wiffle ball one time out there. I was not, <laughs> not okay with that, but that's what happened. A run in my mouth, you know? Um, but you did have, you did have the, 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 the foresight to realize that you're not going to get these kids. And I mean, the, 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 the real honest responses, everybody reps a Philly, but a lot of people didn't grow up here. Or they moved here like Vespids from like Bristol and who knows where else that weird place with the three eyed fish from the, Polluted lake. <laughs> not Croydon. What's the name of it? You know the name of it. Uh fuck is it not Croydon? Crystal
1: uh Bristol Croydon.
0: It's the lake oh. is what I was talking about.
1: Oh I uh, yeah, I fucking forget the name of it.
0: There's this landfill and there's a lake that comes from it, and so all the people get some of their taxes paid down for because uh they're polluting the area. There's a group of hardcore core people that uh live in that lake. <laughs> for those who uh, are wondering what the fuck we're talking about. But um, yeah, like Robbie Red Cheeks and the R5, they always had the people coming in or they were more focused on the city. Or, well, who's from the city when, dude, there's hundreds of people that are outside of it. And over the years, you really did a good job of maintaining that bridge to the verbs.
1: I mean, that's like, again, like, yeah, like my whole, like we were always in the city, but like we all like, when we went places, it was like, yeah, like we're Doyle like, Sound, spe- like specifically early on, I'm like let down and show again, like, oh, you're from Philly? He's like, nah, like we're we're not saying that. Like we're from Doyle Sound, whatever. Like obviously over time, you know, the more time we spent, you know, and actually became fr- like friends with people actually in the city. But yeah, like obviously we're proud of where we were from in some weird fucking way. So yeah, I try to rep it as much as possible. But
0: I mean, you've even held hard to the Philly. Barbecue stuff, and you've done a really good job. And now you we're on uh four? Are we at number four or number five? Most recent one
1: was the fourth one, yeah.
0: So you had four and four locations, none of them Philadelphia, and every single one of them gave birth to some new bands, some new kids. You know, the world what would we have been without Ben Stuckey right now?
1: I mean, honestly, yeah, like it's I
0: mean, and that's not even me being I'm not being tongue in cheek. I'm like, where the fuck would we be if we didn't have stuck in our life? And stuck. that was the uh, that was all from you coming out and saying, hey, I want to do the Philly barbecue shit. So for everyone who doesn't know, Bob's going to tell you why he started doing that and his scope of what he does to continue doing them.
1: Uh, Basically, so I moved to Florida for a couple of years and I came back and then like the big shows are still awesome, but like, I felt like there was like something missing. And then like, you know, I'd be at like, like a fucking punk show on like a Tuesday night in like a house. And then at, you know, a fucking whatever, fucking at that time, probably like, code orange, or something somewhere, whatever. And I would never see people at like both places. It would always, people were just very stuck on. I like this one specific lane. I only dick ride this one specific band from here. And I'm not going to give a shit about anything else. And I was like, dude, like my entire life, I've gone to every kind of show and I feel like the scene was kind of like stagnant with everything and like people weren't starting bands or wasn't really new kids, whatever. So I was like, all right, fuck this. I'm like, I'm putting every kind of band that has anything to do with hardcore in the same room, making it affordable so nobody has an excuse not to miss it or nobody has an excuse to miss it and just try, put in the burbs and then try to like essentially like recruit people or like kind of like connect people that way. And then it was, it was somehow a success. People really liked the idea of it. And then, so yeah, I've done it every year since. And I feel like every year there's, you know, like a new group of young kids. And I just, it's just a way of making the younger kids feel like they like are involved and are part of this shit, which they are. You know what I mean? Like, again, like hardcore is not for 35 year old plus men. Like it's for, it's like a youthful thing. So I don't ever want it to just be the old guy scene or some fucking washed up bullshit. So, um, yeah, just every year I feel like, you know, it's, it's served its purpose. And then this year I was kind of like, ah, you know, there's been a million shows. I don't really know. Like there's a kind of weird people are just kind of segmenting themselves off and kind of have some weird beef with each other. Whatever. I was like, I don't know if I want to do this, but then a couple of younger kids like, yo, like, are you really not going to fucking do the barbecue? Like, what the hell are you doing? And then, there is people that are like, oh no, the new barbecue is the uh fucking the beat down bullshit at the pier. Like this is like the what? new like I was like, you know what? No, fuck this shit. What? <laughs> oh yeah. Um
0: heresy. heresy.
1: Yeah, could not have crushed my soul anymore. I was like, all right, fuck this bullshit, dude. So I I did it again, you know, and then it was yeah, it was awesome again. And then, you know, bands like Rip Off got to play and um you know, disjoin like, you know, just all, all the kids who contribute all year round that pay for all our shows, mosh all, me and you shows and Ben shows. And then, you know, just, I, I want everybody to feel like they're a part of this shit. You know what I mean? So I'm going to keep doing it until people don't want it anymore. So
0: I say, I say you never stop because it's a feeder system to what ends up being the next kids involved, the next bands involved. I mean, where would we where would where would hardcore be if Stucky wasn't involved? I mean, I'm not again I'm not being sarcastic, so being like legitimately like this kid went kind of like let me try to help out to dude. He does sometimes two or three shows a fucking month. Yep. All for young kids, bands I've never heard of. And because full games travel he brings out so many out-of-state bands, and with these younger bands, these out-of-state bands are able to see that there's a young, vibrant, young, hardcore scene. It's fucking fantastic. And that wouldn't have been possible without like the, um the bringing in of people like a Ben Stuckey.
1: Yeah. I mean, dude, like with his shows, he literally has like a scene within a scene, I guess I said, in like in a positive way and like people that are always going to support his shit. Like, I mean, dude, I went to a show at Bonks and I was like, I don't know how many people are going to come here. And it was like fucking packed on like a Sunday night. And so, yeah, his shit is like, you know, not every show is the 600 people show. And like everybody knows how to mosh correctly and do their own thing. Like it's a good like proving ground to like get like your bearings. in. I feel like like not I'm not calling him like I'm not saying his shit is like the minor leagues. I'm not being disrespectful like that. I'm just saying. But like it's like just bands that aren't really like proven yet that are kind of out there like doing their thing. And then, yeah, so obviously the things that he's brought wrong, he has brought to Philly is like pretty invaluable. You know what I mean? So. Respect to him.
0: I'm gonna. I'm gonna correct you on two things. There is no correct way to mosh. <laughs> in fact, I wanna. I, I'm getting tired of the perfect mosh. <laughs> getting tired of the too organized mosh, the coordinated. I'm. A, I'm over all that. I want people okay. to go back to just being wild assholes. Just like I'll take it
1: to the mosh reps. Like the amount of shows that you would go to is like. All right, we're just gonna get some moshing in and kind of see how this move goes and all this other shit. I'd say it's a proving ground to to uh get their mosh game up, not perfect it.
0: All right. And then <laughs> I'll tell you what, the, the cool thing about them small shows is that's where mistakes are made. That's where young bands, this I I don't I forget the name of the band. Uh they had um got on stage and they did the thing and they're like, that was our intro. This is the first song, and I was like, that's the coolest thing in the fucking world. Like, <laughs> like because I remember being in like early on playing in a band no one talks about or knows and we would have probably said something stupid like that on stage and it's not stupid it's just like it's a young kid and everybody tries to come out being so cool yeah it was cool that no one was like (laughs) like everyone was psyched it was it's awesome to see that there's like a a return to younger times where it's not the most serious thing and then. Bands also have to get their reps in. You know, uh, Freight Train just played. I don't know if Freight Train's ever played a better sound system ever. <laughs> and they didn't know what to do. And I'm like, well, And they're like, what do you think? I'm like, well, now you learn how to work monitors, brother. You know, like <laughs> that that the Broken Goblet was really cool. But at, at, what I'm getting at is, is like sometimes as a new band or a band in general, you just got to play a show. It may not be the coolest show, the biggest show, but you got to get your reps in. You got to get that thing fine-tuned down, so that way if Bob goes, yo, you're playing with mind force," you don't look like a fucking joke.
1: Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I couldn't agree more with it.
0: Remember when there was a New Jersey scene that wasn't by the shore and didn't take an hour and a half to get to?
1: (laughs) Which spot? I don't even know what the hell spot that would even be. I was just
0: in general, because now every time I go to New Jersey, it's not like oh, will go over Ben Franklin Bridge and make two jug handle turns and three Dunkin' Donuts and we're there now. It's like, ah, fuck.
1: <laughs> South Jersey's got to step their shit up.
0: It, it, well, it's just gone. It's because there wasn't anything going on. There's like no civilization now. It's like the ruins. And I'm dumb. I'll be driving around like, yeah, they used to have shows in this little hall right here and this town had it, you know, like, and all that's gone because the next people didn't Pick it up but yep. what I what I think That we're lucky To have is the next Generation already In their foot in the door And starting to like the Delaware Kids now have Delaware hardcore shows yep. They do the shit down there You know we talked about Stucky There's always New kids and instead of it kind of being Like fuck you What are you doing doing your own thing Everybody's supporting it you know and that's that's a much different place than where hardcore was at years ago here.
1: I mean, like little Andrew, I, I, he's fucking 19 or whatever now. So he's I, little,
0: I mean, he's not really that big. Taller than me, his, but pants, taller than his pants are really big, but he's not big.
1: <laughs> he, uh, like obviously he's kind of, you know, taking the reins for the Delaware shit. Cause he got tired of like, yo dude, what all of us come to Philly all the time and we don't fucking do shows here. So he'll hit me up every now and again be like, yo, like what do you got going on for this month? I want to do a cool show. I'm thinking about this, this, and and the other. So yeah, like shit like that. Like obviously I would never, never be like, how dare you book this band that I booked six months ago. It's like, nah, dude, like, yeah, bring them Delaware, separate them Philly. Like fucking bring them down, do a cool show for them, show kids that might not come to Philly who this band is. You know, like there's no like competition, I guess it is. You know what I mean? Like, I just I want to support younger kids that are actually give that actually give a fuck and are actually trying, and not just be like, you're a fucking idiot. You don't know what you're doing. Like, stop doing shows. Like, because that's like that doesn't help anybody. You know what I mean? Then it'll just be me and you at 62 and fucking 67 years old booking shows. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I want to fucking help them, support them as much as I
0: can. There's a weird world coming to us where like, just like the old guys now, are kind of like mixed in. So you got this guy, this guy, and this guy, and this guy. And they can both be in Judge, Gorilla Biscuits, any any band at this point. Uh, and, I, and I feel like when we hit in the next 10 years, we're going to be seeing like these conglomerate bands where it's like Floor Punch and Half Blacklisted and Some Cold World. I'm like, wait, how the fuck is he in this band? <laughs> it's, in, it's inevitable that the people stay in Hardcore end up having to do and add to it. But This young generation not only just has a crazy love for the new bands, they actually give a fuck about the older bands, and I I I really like that.
1: I mean, dude, for like we I feel like we've talked about this before, but like for years it was like, obviously there's a very fine line between fuck all the old shit. I'm only concerned with what's happening now. Like I love that mentality, but it's also like, all right, you can do both. You can, you know put on for shit that happens now, because that's, like, the truly important shit, but also not even, like, respect what came before, but, like, just understand where the bands you like came from and, like, the things they liked or whatever. And, you yeah, know, before I was just, like, ah, oh, no, like, Warzone's ass, this band's ass, why the fuck did I listen to that shit? The recording suck or whatever. It's, like, dude, like, you just... I, I, I fucking... I always hated that, so it's, it is good. Obviously, some of the younger kids have opinions that literally fucking hurt my brain, but... It's, I, it's at least they know the bands that they're comparing enough to be able to say their terrible opinion, not just like blindly being like, Oh yeah, that band probably sucks ass."
0: Well, that's the big, that's the big thing. I feel like the younger kids have an open mind, but you're not going to be able to sell them on everything. You know? yeah.
1: It's like, even if you get bits and pieces of shit, like, and then you can tell me whatever seventh rate band is better than the killing time record or something like that. Fine, whatever. But at least
0: you're trying. <laughs> Yo, you remember some kid would come from like the internet, and you mean like from the internet, no one knows where he's at, and he's be and he says shit like, "Yo, man, for real though, no record was better than than." And some record, there's no way he has, and there's no way he's ever seen the band. And then it's like two hours of being like, "Well, that's not possible. No, that's not." <laughs> I love that all. I know. Lo- I love that's all that gone, but I also. All you young kids listening Stop trying to bring shit That was never hardcore into hardcore <laughs> Stop trying to meld this shit together You're like trying to splice things Shit, you know, like Metalcore was not cool <laughs> And the metalcore I'm talking about You know what the fuck I'm talking about Tired of this shit
1: I mean, spe- specifically the The two thousand, the mid-2000s kind of shit It's like, oh no That shit was
0: just straight from the but ball
1: Yo, dude, I would be on tour, see that band's poster for whatever coming through, and I was like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Like it was and or they'd be like, I remember Suicide Silence was playing a venue next to us on the Half Hard tour. And the whole tour, like minus me, probably, went because it was hilarious. Like they weren't like, fuck yeah, this band's hard. It's like, let's go look at this goofy ass bullshit. Like it, it was so not have it was there's no crossover at all. So yeah, I fuck I can't stand that shit.
0: The only time I ever seen a band while we were on tour. Eric Rutan had the band after he was done in Morbid um, an Angel. He oh, played man. like four shows in the South, and I went and seen them. And I just I, every time I would just, just like come back to the rest of the band, like, you know how was, it? I'm like, I, it actually was better than the night before. Like, <laughs> but I, I could I could never I could never equate, and, and I understand people have their their druthers, but if they're so young that they weren't there for it. They gotta stop trying to meld it in, and, and I know it's no, 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 it never fit. It no, nobody, never fit.
1: Nobody at a fucking mental show is like, "Damn, this Amir song goes hard." Like,
0: just <laughs> relax. What's, what's crazy? Here, hear me out. So you had to have a, you could have a social media account now, and you had one then, but people went a lot harder at each other with an anonymity. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And like, you had to be on your game. Then I mean every me, you, everyone, everybody we know got smashed by somebody. And sometimes it was just on the tits end of legit enough that they could say it, but still made you mad. You're like, you motherfucker. <laughs> like, and now everything has gotta be nice unless it's someone completely unpopular. Then all the guns come out. Not I really didn't like the internet era of some asshole just talking shit. But I really miss it now that no one says anything negative or says, yo, this band's not good or this record sucks or that band's not hardcore. I miss someone being honest or at least straightforward on the internet. Maybe not honest, but their opinion was more direct. I miss the direct opinion moment in hardcore on the online discourse comparative today where – everyone killed and everyone had the best record or you have to retweet. Otherwise you're set. Sa- what do you say? Are you, are you saying you didn't like it? If you didn't retweet, can we get a rule on the field? I don't know.
1: I mean, that's what, uh, Greg B from Toronto, who's the fucking man. He put something out recently. just like, it basically just being like, I wish I didn't have to book shows so I could actually like say my actual opinions on things. And I was like, I fucking, like, if I was 23 versus how, first of all, I don't want to be the older guy just being, like, what you like sucks, like, you're a fucking loser or whatever, like, I, I don't like that, like, because you just look like a fucking douchebag, but like, Town of Hardcore is my favorite zine, and if existed now, like, it's people would not be able to handle it, obviously, and, like, yeah, if I was 23 and like, an active band, whatever, I would never shut the fuck up, so... It is, it kind of, I, I miss, I don't want to be the one to do it because I'm 37 fucking years old, but I wish there was like a tw- a early twenties person being like, you know what? This shit actually does suck ass. Like you don't have to like everything, but yeah, it is very just like, well, if you do this, you're not going to be able to get on this show and this band's not going to let him like, there, is there nobody that just doesn't give a fuck? Like,
0: <laughs> well, they give a fuck around their friends and they yeah. have like, so it's like two opinions. The opinions that for the close friends, and then the world, like the, the face, the 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 world facing opinion. Oh, I mean, yeah, and, and, and you know, not every band's great, and, and honestly, like I try to get better. I try to get better on the same path of what you just said, where like someone's got this band, I'm like, oh this fucking shit's an ass, <laughs> and then I might, I this this fucking sonny's got hate five six, so if I really really don't like it, I look at this hate five six and I go. All right, here's the good things about this, and you know, like I try to, I try to figure out like what I'm missing because a lot of this shit, unless you see it live, like I need to see it live. You know, like I can't. The production is so goddamn good. It's like fucking George from fucking Star Wars is producing all these fucking demos, man. Like every fucking demo, that fucking discontent had eight oh eights in it. Like, yo, we the fuck was going on, man. Like. <laughs> like everything sounds so good I gotta see them live to know if it's gonna get Pulled off you know like yep. That vestment cracked me up the first time I seen them and they still Whoop ass it's like a fucking You don't get that listening to them You know mm-hmm. Bob I, I have To ask you this question because I, I Wonder if did you have people from when You were the king Asshole now Like come back to you like you know not we're not naming names here but like I have always been me and you've always been you is there ever someone who comes up to you and is like hey I don't know if you remember and you're like I have no idea what the fuck this guy's talking about Uh
1: it has happened a few times and like it's like oh you know you do this this and this I'm like I'll be real I could have happened I have no fucking idea like it <laughs> sounds like something I did I was like because the point where I'm just like do you want to fight or something like again? Like, no, no, I'm just saying. Like, you did this. And I'm like, if if I actually did this to you and you don't want to fight me, this is a crazy thing to say. But okay, like I, I can't even remember the example of it. But like within the last year, somebody did it, and I was just like waiting for him to swing on me. He's like, yeah, I just wanted to let you know that that happened. I was like, or right.
0: yeah, like are you supposed to give him like five <laughs> bucks? Like a, like a, here, I'm sorry. Like
1: <laughs> you got a I got a long list. If you if you want to go back to you were a douchebag at this show, or you said this to me, or you did this to me. Like I was like. It was funny. The the kid, uh, Gabriel from Sweden, because uh, <laughs> he, he was talking to randomly the other day. And then I was like, he's like, yeah, I was like, dude, I'm sorry about the, you know, having to kick you out last year shit. Like I would have kicked myself out at most shows I went to. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to take it personally. He's like, no, 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 no. But it is, it is like a weird position to be in. And I'm just like, oh, God damn it, dude. Like I would fucking hate me if, <laughs> if I was at a show. But yeah, nobody, nobody really does the, you don't remember me, but like we can be boys now thing. It's just more of like a, like an unspoken thing. Like, I guess I, I have proven (laughs) myself to them and like, you know what? You're a good guy. Like you've, you've stuck around. like, sure. (laughs) I I don't know. I'm I'm literally the exact same person, but fine.
0: Well, I bring it up because now the position that you're in, you have to do things like this, like chicken Gabe from Sweden out of the show (laughs) Or, or just holding down what this Philly hardcore thing is <laughs> and, and and it's like a you are have you ever feel caught in like a moral quandary like obviously the pool noodles straight out we don't want <laughs> 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 I can't even say that but <laughs> in general like now that now the juice is in your hand and you see the other side of it there's not regrets but now you understand the importance of some of the things that happened back in the day as far as like oh well this can't happen this can't happen
1: Oh, I mean, yeah, like, again, like, if if, on one hand, I love when actual chaotic things happen and people are just, like, wilding out, but it's just, it's very stressful at the same time. Like, I'm like, I want it to happen. I just don't want it to happen at my show or, like, for this venue or whatever. The the other kind of part to that is talking about, like, the juice being in my hands or whatever, pause, but, like, it's, like, people that I've known of forever because, you know, I just... I have I'm really good with faces and names and just know who people are, so I get that never gave me the time of day, never gave a fuck, whatever. And like because like I book what I book or I do what I do or whatever, they're like, hey man, uh, what's going on? Like just trying to and I'm just like, dude, I have been here forever. Like, I don't feel like I owe you something, I don't owe your band something. I don't know. Like, I I don't know. It's it's very obvious when people just are kind of opportunist with the shit. And like I'm pretty no nonsense with that. I'm like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I, if you didn't want, you didn't know who I was this entire time I've been doing shit, and you just recently know who I am now, I just, I don't feel like I need to reciprocate something to you. You know what I mean?
0: I'm, I'm right there with you. There's so yeah. many times where I'm like, how long you know who the fuck I am? Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, you know you know, like, well, you know, like
1: we, we stayed with his house in 2000 and stuff like that. Like, you have a much bigger heart than me.
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I, I have I have this weird I do have there's a couple Like there's culturally important Things to me like if you were If you were given if you gave Hospitality yeah That's like a oh, he gave us hospitality yeah. <laughs> That's a that's a that's a Viking Thing you don't just <laughs> you, you don't you don't just go ahead and just like Let that thing go Odin would not be good with that <laughs> Havamal is not 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 okay with not reciprocating uh good hospitality. <laughs> but if it's like uh some people and they got roaches and ants at war in the kitchen, then Odin's not good with that either. <laughs> <laughs> He's got some leeway on this on this hospitality shit. <laughs> um it's it's not a it's not a it's not a it's not an easy thing, but it becomes part of like what you are doing now is that you are still captivated by the hardcore scene, still motivated to keep it rolling. And it's kind of ingrained in the things that you do. So you're not going to wake up and there's a post-it note. Pay attention to new bands. like You just do these things. And then what do you think recently have you integrated or added to the list of stuff that you do that just maybe you didn't do it in the front part of your brain, but your back part of your brain you realize like oh, shit, me doing this has had some success with everything else that I do. Um, trying to think how to answer that. Can you explain the question more? I'm sorry. Basically, because you've done all this different shit with shows, is there things that you've changed with what you're doing shows or added to it to either help new bands or just do things or, you know, reaching out more. Are you going to shows now to hang in the back and slick the hand and say what's up? Is there things that you're doing to add to what you've already done or are you just kind of keeping it the same way? The formula stays the same. The job's the same. There ain't nothing that you're doing. That's kind of anything that you haven't already been doing. Um, honestly,
1: I feel like I just do the same shit as I always do. It is funny because for for my show specifically, I'm a fucking control freak. So I like doing the door. I like stressing myself out with all the details and like running every aspect of it. So when I'm like at one of your shows or I was at, you know, doing Greg's show over the weekend or whatever. And then just being at a show where I can actually just like hang out and like be up front for the bands or just shoot the shit and not just be at the fucking door and stuff like that. It's like. It's straight up like two different worlds. Like I feel like I'm like, dude, I've been just being the door person, of my own thing, and and doing my own shit for so long that I kind of for like I feel like an alien when I can just walk around freely and do whatever the fuck I want.
0: I didn't know how to act in Detroit, to be honest with you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like if you're not in control of anything, you're just like I straight up don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to do right now. Like, but uh, if, yeah, it was like a down.
0: it was like a Talladega Nights hand thing, just your whole body. <laughs> I, can I sit somewhere and talk to my friends? Like, what do I do?
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm pretty much the same shit. You know, I fucking just book the show, figure out the equipment because no band on earth has equipment anymore. Fucking
0: no, no equipment and no vans.
1: No, it's it's fucking insane, man. But uh, yeah, just I, I feel like I haven't really changed too much. I feel like I was probably I definitely didn't know what the fuck I was doing when I first started doing stuff. I'm like, I don't know how to pay bands. I don't know or like what to pay rather, or like, you know, figure out this aspect of, or, or whatever. And like, not that I have everything down to a science, but it's like, you know, you do enough shows, you, you, you know what the fuck you have to do and you know what you can avoid doing.
0: Did you ever want to do more with the label than you're doing now? Is there thoughts of doing beyond what you've done with the label or are you just kind of like, Hey, I, this is my style of how I do my label. And we're not going to do this or this.
1: Well, I was talking to some of my friends recently about that, because I was just like, yo, like obviously I think what Daze does what Lumpy does has done with Daze is fucking crazy. And like how far he's built it up is fucking awesome. Um obviously Sam has a fucking like he's just a fucking machine and like all this other shit. And I'm just like I don't ever I, I hit my friends up, and I was like, yo, like am I in your opinion from like an outsider perspective, like, do I do enough to like push the bands or like Rep the bands or you know make sure people Know this exists or whatever because like I don't Want anybody thinking that I just put it out and forget about it and like You know like I don't give a fuck or whatever because like I generally do like like the bullshit Record is just something that I love That fucking record I listen to it so much and I just Wanted to be a part of it so I was like If I can make anybody know who the hell they are In America like that's fucking awesome like I Don't care if I sell one copy or sell out the whole Fucking press so I'm always Just gonna do bands that I, I Fucking think are awesome or I think that, like, people shouldn't hear. Like, it's kind of the same way with, like, shit Like, dude, if I had the record label seven years ago, like, I would have had every fucking band on Earth on it. You know what I mean? So, like, just kind of starting from there. And I don't want to go too pro with it, but I don't want to be, you know, fucking, like, ebullition, ebullition records or something like that with it. Like, I, I want people to know the records exist. I want to get it out there, because I want the bands to, you know, have as many people as follow like as possible liking them um so yeah i mean like something like like the new aaron melnick band i'm doing i fucking i'm obviously obsessed with integrity so like doing a band for him doing record for that dude is like you know like crazy to me so yeah i'll I'll do things as they come and and uh you know i don't i'm always down like like you said like i check out shit every fucking day so i'm always gonna be looking for new bands and, and new shit to put out but uh yeah, I don't know. I kind of just, I like how, what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. So I'll probably just, just keep it that I, I, I don't really have an interest in hiring a PR person or I don't need like a fucking district distri- distri- yeah, distributor or whatever. Like, you know, I, I don't sell thousands of records so I can ship them all by myself, but uh, yeah, I, I, I like what I've been doing with the label and just gonna keep going the same way with it. It's
0: hard because Every time someone does something, they want to get better at it, but there is a glass ceiling. Yeah. You know, you get to the point where you're gonna have bands that are gonna grow. And a lot of times these bands are dickheads and they don't go, Hey, by the way, our next record's coming out on these. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like I feel like there's a lot of traffic and there's a lot of congestion in the label scene. The label has its own scenes at this point with all the different people. You know, every time I'm introduced to somebody, oh, he does this records and it's like, well, he had three he's putting out three seven seven-inches, which is very much like how it was when I was a kid and everyone could put out a record. But the weird thing is, the um down the marketplace you end up either with triple B on you days or you end up in some weird pro core world by accident. You know, so it, it's a hard thing to do unless it really is about the bands that you love and putting out music that other people may not touch for the for the reasons that they're looking for commercial success and not just giving an outlet to a band. It's going to be a hard thing for you, but it's not about doing it for money and it's not about doing it because it's easy. It's like, this is the shit that you want to do. And I don't think enough people do the things they actually want to do. They want to do a band because then people are like, oh, that guy's in a band. Mm-hmm. They want to play shows because they're like, oh, you played that show. But it's it's the, like you said it's the dirty work. Am I doing enough? And it's like, well, what is there? What's enough? Yep. You're gonna start booking tours. You wanna get a fucking van for this guy, get him around, and then you get him big. And oh, they go to the triple B anyway. Yep. You know, like label label work has gotten crazier in the in this time frame. I feel as if anytime a band can just be elevated through someone like you, know, it's a good thing for them.
1: Yeah, I mean that's like you know obviously like I tell all the like bullshit. I was like, yo if you can make it over for FYA, like, and obviously that's mutually beneficial. Cause like the more people that see them there, maybe they'll buy the fucking record or whatever. So it's just like, yeah, dude, I'll put a, van- a band out from fucking Sweden. Cause I love them. And, and, you know, try to use doing the fest as a way to like push them even more. So I feel like it's like a good, a good combination of things.
0: Well, that's, that's the benefit of having it. You know, like the fest is an outlet, not only just for your own creativity, as far as the bills go, but, The more you network with the bands And the more people that know all the shit that you do You're going to have access To be able to try to put some of this stuff together You know And more power to you Because you so are so fucking invested You know you're not like Ah this band's all right You know I hope they sell X amount of units You know like your head's on straight As far as the work that you're putting in
1: Yep, I mean yeah I mean live it down the same fucking way Like that's a band that objectively I just think is fucking awesome so you know, I if I can help them out, get on like bigger shows or fest, or whatever the fuck. Like obviously, I want to do it not just so people get the record, but just because they're band that I think they should check out. You know what I mean? Just like, so yeah, it's pretty much just my mentality with it. It's just same reason I ever did bands, same reason I ever did shows, did fest, whatever. Like I'm gonna do what I do because I like it. I don't care if it's not like you know commercially viable or you know whatever like I don't think a single person Ever be like damn Bob's really just trying to uh, Get the get the accolades And people doing whatever like So hey, I'm just gonna keep doing that
0: I always say that the, the way that things work is almost like A video game where you build experience And you level up and you level up And you level up and you level up And you try new things and uh, you've Done a zine you've done A label you've put on a fest You've toured the fucking country You've played the fucking world Where are we at bands wise now Four or five
1: I think it's like six It's way too fucking many.
0: Yeah like you've now done And and your last couple bands was like Well there's not another band around So I guess we gotta start another band Like the amount of effort and time That you've put into this A lot of these things are just a natural progression for you As far as leveling up Pushing this shit forward And I mean If you look at FYI I told you that was the genius spot I mean that's like a one in a million place Where that thing fucking works just everything's going the right way because of the, I I do believe it's your heart, and it's not just because you're one of the closest people in my life, but just in hardcore, the things that you do are honestly pure. You're not you've never said to me, "Well, if I book this band, I'm able to get five thousand dollars." Your eyes all lit up like a crackhead. Mm-hmm. You're always like you're like a fucking sight, you know? Like and it it it's that excitement and it's that natural inertia towards doing the right thing that brings you this kind of success, and. That's why you have unbroken and blacklisted plan. That's why you have so many people excited for your festival. It's all because of the hard work that you put in, man.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's again, like I feel like it's such a cliche, corny thing to say, but like you know, you get what you put in with shit. So, you know, I put everything into like the shit that I do hardcore wise. So, yeah, I I like that. Uh, you know, it it feels good, honestly, that you know the the work that I put in. You know, there is like some payoff with it. You know, not like monetarily but just like being able to be like oh fuck like i'm broken i've been harassing rob to play a show for 13 years and they're finally gonna play a show you know what i mean it's like shit like that
0: dude's got all these un unresponded to messages still in his box <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who's this fucking bob guy like, oh he's the guy doing the show today oh shit what if he replies to them all the night before the show
1: uh, he would he would reply every time in a very right. <laughs> uh, he, would, he would let me down gently every time So my heart my heart only broke a few times So
0: yeah as a gentleman <laughs> If I if I had a dollar for everybody who never fucking wrote back Oh man things would be a lot different in this world <laughs> um Give people like Stucky and Andrew Give them three legitimate tips in any way you can physically come up with them.
1: Um, just like show wise or just like anything. don't
0: you know, use views both sides of the toilet. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Whatever the fuck you want to say. Give these For young sure. people three twi- three tips to help them along the process of their life.
1: Um, if you're doing a show, don't just copy, like don't make it like a Warped Tour thing where it's the same fucking lineup as happened 32 other places. Like put something on it that stands out or like bring a band that you personally love that you want other people to check out to the show. Like like but I did a half heart show on Dual Sound and I just had my luck had never played anywhere near me. So I just took a chance and hit them up and be like, yo, if you want to play this crazy show, whatever. So you can always, you know, just try as hard as you can to make it stand out and not just be not just do a show just because it's the five most popular bands at the time or it's the five bands that, you know, you know will do well, like shit that you you want to do. And then this makes it like stick out. Uh, don't get like kind of going back to the unbroken messages thing. It's like, I mean, even like blacklisted when I was just like, at first I was like, yo, if you guys can somehow pull this off, I'm down. Like, obviously they're like, nah. And then they end up changing their mind. But like, I've been, same with you. Like I've been turned down 1 million times by bands and you can either get discouraged and be a baby about it. Or like, just like, oh, well, I guess this will never happen. Like, not like, it doesn't hurt to ask ever. And you know what I mean? Just even if you have to ask a band a hundred times, you know what I mean? That might just, you might catch them at the right time and they might be down at that point. So, you know, there's no harm in asking Uh third, bring water to shows. If you're doing the show, that's good. That's the first thing. Like it's just, just water payment equipment, whatever. Like that's like the only shit that you actually need to show is, I feel like
0: when I think about all the stuff that you've accomplished, I feel like some people would be constantly like trying to double their efforts. And I think you've incrementally grown just by continual work and earnest real work, not like half-ass, like, Oh, you know, like this is going to be the next big thing. I got to jump on it. And we have friends that do that often. I think the reason why you're at where you're at is because you put your ass into it and it's because your heart's there. And there's not a lot of heart left in hardcore. And I don't care who wants to fucking hear it yeah a lot of it's in an online posturing a lot of it's social projection but where the heart is and where the time is I mean look it we would you put a million dollar bet that etown concrete can still be playing shows in this time right now
1: well would be fucking insane
0: <laughs> yeah like legitimately like the bands and the people that support this shit they they honestly somehow if you stick around long enough and you do the right shit the people will know and I think that you've done a fucking Top-notch job, my brother, in doing all this. Is there something I should be telling people that you did that I'm not aware of that you've done recently?
1: Recently? um Probably not. Just the records, the fests, and uh, the Unbroken shows, probably the, the three main things.
0: I mean, you, you still allow Kevin Hart, uh, Kevin Hart to come to shows. That's always a big one. Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm going to tell you? The first thing, the first non-band person that talked to me at the Detroit thing was Gabe. From Sweden and he apologized to me, right? I'm so sorry. And I'm like, it's okay. (laughs) Okay. So I'm sorry too. we you had to go. I won't do that again. I'm like, I hope not here. Because I'll fuck you up. (laughs) It's so weird. It's like 12 o'clock. He's already, I'm sorry. It's
1: been on his mind for nine months straight.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Replaying it in his head, like, when I see Joe, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's so fucking cool. Um name three things that you really don't like right now in general about the hardcore scene that isn't on Twitter.
1: Jesus Christ. Um on, like I'm trying to think how to phrase it like the rush to relevancy I guess like like the the consideration thing is probably the the I I guess it's kind of a Twitter thing but like like that was just the biggest example of like a PR stunt basically to make people appear bigger than they are and like a bigger deal. And it's just like, dude, like you don't need, if it happens, like turnstile happened organically, like the bands that deserve it, like it happens organically. Like if you force it, it's not going to happen. And like people with, you know, the fucking the speeches and like, damn, can't believe this is my life. Kind of motherfuckers. It's like, dude, it's fucking hardcore, like fucking relax. Like I just, I hate the, the look at me. Like bullshit, like just trying to skip like twelve steps to become like they think like the fucking Metallica or something like that. Like you can just be happy with just being a hardcore band and just playing hardcore shows and doing things like a normal way. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Three, three is hard. Uh, That's that's pretty much my biggest one. I hate the shout out to my team kind of thing. Like it's like, dude, your fucking band draws seventy five people. Like I don't. Know what the fuck are you even talking about. Um I don't know. That's that's a hard one, honestly. There's there's a lot of dislike, I guess, but I, I don't know how to put it into words. There's just a lot of stuff that's just like makes me fucking disgusted. Like, but it all goes back to the rush of relevancy and appearing bigger than you are and wanting to have a thousand kids a night kind of thing.
0: Well, that's a, that's really where you have to go with this, is like Yeah, everybody wants to get this success, but you got to put earnest work in and you have to work not only at the craft of the band and you have to actually do real work. You got to you physically have to be on the grind. And I feel like what you touched on when you said, like, shout out to my team. A lot of the bands that are getting better positions, if you want to call it that, like a Mario Kart game, better position. It's some manager or some booking agent who owes another person a favor. And that's how the yo shout out to my team for pulling a favor. And well then you didn't do the work. Yeah. The work only the work goes. You know, the work is what keeps your band relevant in the minds of the people. Uh for those who don't want to talk about with the for your consideration, uh, this is Grammy season. And so a ton of people that are in hardcore bands chose to post for your consideration because their band isn't exactly up for the award but they were hoping that there's enough voting members of the grammys that they could write in the record or the band so that way they can receive a grammy And, and, and that's the true the thing is like no one from sick of it all and no one from agnostic front i mean yeah them bands have a crazy success and a huge cultural impact on a lot of the actual physical world that has been involved in hardcore and punk, but like, they're not chasing these things down. They'll come if They come, you know? And I I don't like that. Everyone's trying to open up this window or ceiling and be like, now there's more room come in or, you know, like we can, we can go here. There was something cool about it, but just being about us. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't like where you said thousand person room. Yeah. Like, you know what else happens in a thousand person room? A barricade yep. and a certificate Of inf- uh, of insurance And security and Merch cuts and all This shit that <laughs> one hates But it, it, and it, it does Immediately put the line in the sand like well Yeah you're a hardcore band but this isn't a venue Where a hardcore show is really going to feel Organically like a hardcore show You can play them and you get paid for them And no one's going to say don't play them and don't get paid But the two aren't the same And that's what you're, that's what you're getting at And I don't understand the importance of relevancy and in your band wanting it, all this stuff while having like HC or being designated or, you know, or just say, Hey, listen, we needed somewhere to go. So we played hardcore shows first, but obviously the goal here is to fucking eventually end up somewhere else and then be like, Oh yeah, I remembered that. Yeah. That's that guy from whatever. And you're like, what the fuck?
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's so far out of anything I give a shit about. Like that, it's just it's it's pretty nauseating. I'm just like I just I can't imagine in any obviously. And then they're like, "Well, your bands were never big enough to even be considered for that shit." It's like, yeah, that's fine. But like, even if I was in, I mean, who's to say if I was in a band that was like monstrous at the time? But there is no part of me that ever would have been like, like trying to like crawl over broken glass to have like the acceptance of like that sort of world like i just i don't give a fuck you know what i mean so it's just it's just beyond me i just don't understand
0: it i would understand it if they were like legitimately a musician type band Mm -hmm. (laughs) or if they had like but like i just i got into music to say motherfucker on stage and kick people and leave (laughs) philadelphia so it didn't really ever make any sense i the idea of a hardcore grammy never made it it never would have crossed my mind like hey if i do this band long enough i'll get a Grammy. Yeah. And I didn't understand the importance of outside of hardcore recognitions or you know accolades, and I've seen like new people really, really, really love this kind of shit. So I'm glad you don't like this because it drives. It doesn't drive me up the wall. I'm not sitting there every night waking up. <laughs> say, Who, who's at <laughs> But at the same time, it does get old. It does. Like, yeah. do you want to be here? Because the same bands with that are also going go to go stage like, you don't know how much it means to us to have all you guys here right now. Like, like you got to decide what, what, you know, what dog you're going to walk, you know, like, yeah. It's, it's like
1: thing. playing a hardcore show and asking people to put the horns up or something like that. in like a non ironic way, just like the, like that kind of mentality. I can't fucking stand it.
0: So um, I want, I want you to leave this with something either very poignant or very important to you as far as what hardcore has given you.
1: I mean, it's given me every real friend that I have in my life, like straight off, like I don't, I was trying to think about it recently. I was like, I don't know the last friend I had that had nothing to do with hardcore. Like, and if that's, I don't even know. I don't think anybody would say it's corny, but it's just like crazy to think about. I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't talk to a single person that doesn't know what hardcore is or have anything to do with hardcore. So it just, it's weird. Not even weird, just just thinking about like, I don't know what the fuck I would be doing without it. I would probably have just ended up like being doing construction like every other fucking male in my family, which uh, my back does not allow me to do uh physical labor. Cause I'm a little bitch, but uh, yeah, it's just, so that's, I'd say that's like the, the most important one. And the one that is like just uh, an everyday thing. You know what I
0: mean? Well, Uh, Is there anything you got coming up in the next couple weeks That we can shout out uh, Aside from the awesome blacklisted shows And then you can uh, You can tell everybody to line up if you want to Even though them shits are sold out Um, And shout out anything else That you got going on right now Robert
1: All right, night one Crashing forward which is Rob From Unbroken's brother's new band Uh, Entry which is Sarah Gregory who's from PA actually Her fucking sick ass band Yep First Time she's getting to play the church, so I'm fucking psyched for her. Uh, damnation, I don't know the last time they played, uh, they played that uh, I hate you show, but um, so I guess like that should be crazy. And then a broken blacklist, obviously. And then day two is Scarab, Magnitude, Spiritual Cramp, Indecision, Blacklisted and Unbroken. Um, and then there's an the after show Spiritual Cramp, Entry, and Disjoin from New Jersey. Uh, it's at Bonks. Uh, besides that figuring out the Warren record release right now should be in December figuring out the Scarab record release that record should be out in November uh Nuclea which is Aaron Melnick's new band that record's coming out it's uh just waiting on the test now um show wise I don't think I have anything for a minute honestly um but I yeah, just uh putting up the other the after shows for FYA soon those are all good to go um I mean, obviously, there's Holiday Jam in Reading that you and Richie and Mahmood are doing. There's fucking, there's there's a fucking ton of shit. Stucky has a ton of shit. So, yeah, just if you're in the Philadelphia area, just there's always something to fucking figure out and support.
0: Next year, we're bringing back sports people. Sports <laughs> are coming back.
1: That's I mean, it's it's really looking like the Phillies are going to be in the fucking World Series in game one and two. Stop, I stop, you and I was stop. Just like
0: do you not remember the end of the 2000s when we had shows and they were ghost towns because of the fucking Phillies and your ass books the two biggest shows in Philly on the two biggest nights for the fucking World Series?
1: dude i was like i, I saw know.
0: the two trains coming up going, <laughs> i'm like this pussy better get a fucking screen or something <laughs> that's the said, fucking show is gonna be running down the drinkers too the <sighs> Zoodle-
1: <laughs> as soon as it happened i was like i was getting flashbacks to i mean it's it's so perfect because on the half Hard tour like us in blacklist it would be like leaving the show early to fucking go to tgi fridays or whatever the fuck and watch the game because you know you couldn't watch on your phone at that point whatever or, like, just everybody's in a hotel room fucking watching it together. And I was just like, oh, like, this is just, this is too circumstantial and crazy. I was like, what the fuck ever? It is what it is at this point. DJ
0: Wiley hands up uh, on uh, Ridge Pike was jumping ready for the Phillies camp. <laughs> no parking. It's like, me and you were going there for COVID, COVID burgers. No problems. Can't even get in the fucking parking lot. <laughs> Yeah, well, be I'll link all your shit And remember, support FYA Support Bob Wilson, support Real Hardcore Bob, thank you for supporting me Through our entire friendship I love you, I respect you You are the fucking king And uh, one day We'll have to take our girls out to Ridge Pike And show them the majesty that is uh, The five guys up there <laughs>
1: Get them put on their finest outfits. And we'll yeah, be
0: good. finest outfits for five guys. <laughs> Come on, baby, it's five guys. <laughs> All right, bro. Take care. I, I double dog dare you to have made it through that episode without laughing along with Bob and I. I love him, and everything that he does in hardcore comes from the heart, real as can be. Few people like him in this world, and I'm glad that he's. A champion of Philadelphia and Pennsylvania hardcore. Make sure to check out all his shit. I'm gonna have it linked. And once again, remember we're not all we're not all perfect people in this world. And you see shit on the internet. Don't assume that that's exactly what you're looking at. And um, go to PhillyHGShows.com for show links and that kind of stuff. And FYA fest. You can go there. It is a lot. <laughs> we do a lot of shit out here. Shout out to Stucky. Shout out to all the young kids. And um it's gonna be a great fucking it's gonna be a great week and into the end of a great year for fucking hardcore and FYA is gonna start off a fucking whole new year of just wild crazy shit. I'm excited for all of it. I'm excited to still be a part of all this. Thank you. Good night.